Hey, how's it going, guys and gals? Welcome to this week's episode of Cartridge to Cloud. I'm joined today by Captain Tutu, House Sando, and Super Midas. Welcome, everybody. Hello. Welcome, welcome. We're gonna... Cool cats and kittens. So let's uh, get kicked off this week. We got a lot, a lot of couple, you know, things here and there to talk about. You know, some cool stuff. Um, got a lot of different things that are coming on this week. It's uh, I know we had a little, we had a little break. We took yesterday off for uh, Easter. To let everybody enjoy their Easter Sunday. Um, and then we're back today on kind of like an oddball day, but Hey, uh, we wanted to still produce a show and come on and talk to y'all and hang out. Um, but some of our topics today are going to talk about game releases up, up and updates. What do we think? What's going on? How's everything going with it? Uh, upcoming digital presentations and updates stuff we've heard so far and kind of like our own mini state of gaming, like as, uh, where you're getting an past the first quarter of the year, getting into the second quarter, seeing as, you know, everything's going on right now. Kind of just see how everything's holding up so far. But first, we'd like to start off with, uh, like, what have we been playing personally this week? Um, Tutu, go ahead and start with you. I've been rotating between, like, uh, my three tried-and-true games this week. Of course, uh, Animal Crossing. I'm so in love with that game, the franchise. This one is definitely the best yet. There's a lot of like little things that I hope they update, like a lot of uh, quality of life stuff that uh, that game definitely needs right now. Um, but for the most part, it's still just such a fun time, and I love all the events. I'm excited for like the Earth Day event coming up, um, and I've gone back into Elder Scrolls Online, preparing for the uh, the expansion that's coming out next month. And they had like a, they had a big event this week. They're celebrating their sixth anniversary. And it was like double XP event tickets they're giving out where you can redeem it for a cool like in-game items. Um, so I did a lot of that, and um, also jumped back into Final Fantasy XIV online. Uh, love that game, so rewarding. I love the story of it and the world. Um, so yeah, this, oh, of course Valorant, but we'll talk more about that I assume. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's a, some of those things for Animal Crossing. I, I, I like there is a couple little quality of life things that like I know when the, the last Animal Crossing came out, it was kind of acceptable. I think this day and age, it's becoming less and less acceptable. Certain things. We'll get into more of that here in a minute. Uh, Endo, what are you even playing? Yeah, uh, I'm playing some Last it, Oasis and Destiny it's, too. It's, it sucks because it's like sorry, almost perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead, Tutu. Continue. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I, like, lagging right now? Oh, it's yeah, not, you, you came out for a second. Cut in and out for a second. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, I've been... Uh, That's all good. I've been playing Destiny 2 and uh, Last Oasis in between watching my nephew. I haven't got the game that much this past week. <laughs> Oh, got to grind a little bit in some events and got to almost get got in Last Oasis. I got a pretty good track record in making it to the safe logout areas. <laughs> nice. What about you, Super Minus? Well, that, that makes it my turn. Uh, I've been playing Doom. Uh, am I muted? I'm not muted. No, you're not muted. Hello? Okay. Yeah, uh, I was worried my mic was muted. I've been playing Doom. Uh, <laughs> and that's kind of it doom and minecraft have been the only two things that i've been playing um i very much enjoyed getting the unmaker in doom it is ridiculously powerful and is the game's real bfg um which wait which gun is that the unmaker oh yeah yeah you have to you have to finish all of the um all of the rune gates or slayer gates or whatever to get uh the unmaker and i did it just yesterday and it was like, oh, ho, ho. Um, other than that, Doom and Minecraft have been the main things that I've been working on. Um, working on my personal server. We just finished up uh, a village that we've been working on. Um, and now we're headed back into um, a little bit of a different area to try and build something new. But that's it. That's kind of all I've been doing. Nice, nice. Yeah, for for me, it's been a little bit of kind of like a mix of everything. I've been a little bit a little bit of Animal Crossing, a lot less of it this week because there's just certain parts of the game. I think Tuchu was getting ready to go on about was like there's too many UI problems that they have, like too many repeated dialogues that I swear like you could do it the first time. I think is okay, 
but like for example going to visit other people on like other islands is like the most like the biggest giant pain in the ass like it is horrible on how much how many dialogues you actually have to like dig through just to get on you know go to somebody else's island or uh, just ask for visitors and it's even worse if you have some like a what they call a nook miles ticket in your thing because he goes through like three more dialogues before you can even get to the main menu of stuff that you got to go through so it's like it's there's certain things that are just too cluttered same thing with like the store like you're you're there for the exact same thing all the time like just cut down the dialogues please like that's all you have to do nintendo just cut them down you're fine <laughs> simplify it surprise it's not optional it's yeah it's i mean it's, it's using like basically it's like parts of that is recycled from from the previous game i think because like yeah, so, some of those some of those are just like identical to the previous iteration from what i understand but yeah um aside yeah, of that I'm just, I'm just gonna steal my nephew's switch and come play this with y'all because i gotta see this craziness oh yeah, yeah you'll, you'll play like you'll get through the first part and you're like oh these dialogues are okay and then when you have to do those same things like fifty thousand times it's you know it's kind of annoying um and then I've also kind of dug into, of course, like I've gone back to my old tried and true favorites like Mordhau and um, uh, what was it called? Well, I was trying to go back into Last Oasis some because the servers are finally up. Um, and then Mountain Blade Bannerlord, like it's like some of those have been like some of my big, big games um, this past week. It's been kind of crazy. I'm dabbling a little bit of everything, depending on my mood. Um, yeah, that's been super fun. Uh, what is it? Taser gun. Oh yeah, that sound was. Uh, it was like a video that popped up on our one of our articles. We popped up, so I was like, "Oh crap!" Sorry about that. I'm buying turnips a pain in the ass. But yeah, dude, selling and buying turnips is always a pain. But I'm telling you, like turnips, man. It's like it's all about that turnip game. Uh, so let's get into our our first topic of the day: game releases updates. Uh, are they any good? Uh, some of the stuff we've been playing, I know a little bit of has dabbled in it uh, a bit, is Last Oasis. Let's talk about Last Oasis first. Uh, the servers came back up after a week of being on hiatus, and now they're back. Um, they're definitely working a lot better, I think, than before. But, uh, I mean, what are what are some of the thoughts you guys have had since we've actually had a little bit more time to dig into it this time instead of just a few days of interrupted miss? Well, I enjoyed it, uh, especially uh, even though I got frustrated with you. Um when we were doing our play together, I actually had a lot of fun. And I was able to do stuff I wasn't able to do solo. So I really like there is an actual quality of life difference when you start playing with other people from the get-go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah, some of the, the weapons... And I did not expect the two-handed weapons to be that much different until I tried fighting with them. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was, like, my thing. We got that, like, we found that two-handed staff, and you gave me one of them, and I was like, I've, yeah. been, I've tried using it since then, and I'm like, it's so dramatically different. I don't know how to, I don't know how to handle it yet. I, I figured it out, and I'm, like, dummy-whacking the shit out of those Rukus. <laughs> I, I've got, I've mastered it. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like Gabriella on Xena, just smacking the crap out of people with quarterstaff. Yeah. Which is another thing, too. The combat system in Last Oasis is so kinetic. It's like you're actually trying to fight. You're actually fighting in the game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely really good. It's different, too, which is nice because it's not just the same, you know, you know, you try to whack him and run, whack him and dodge or, you know, do something or another. Thankfully, the dodging is actually harder to do in this game than other games, which is kind of you know, a change of pace. Yeah, but I think uh, they need some, I think they do need to work on the physics engine a little bit though, because some of the stuff you can do in the walkers is ridiculous. Oh yeah. You know, like walking backwards up sheer rock faces like I was doing. Yeah. Some of that stuff is kind of silly, but you know, besides little glitches like that for their launch, you know, it, from the rocky start they had to now it is definitely a lot better. And it's still fun and engaging. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's definitely smooth. Like, it's a lot better. I mean, you have a tiny little wait to get in most of the time, even if you're, like, the next in line, which isn't necessarily bad. It's just different, you know? Um, it reminds me of the old days. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean... Like, EverQuest. <laughs> like, still keeping in mind, though, for, like, having, like, a 50,000 player you know, player base, like trying to come into the game the first week so bad that they broke the servers for a brand new developer that's never done this before. Like, and them still fixing it within a week is still pretty darn impressive. Yeah. So I could definitely appreciate what they've been doing. 
Yeah, I'm really I have a lot of respect for this team. Um this MMO by a small team on that first try is a lot better than some other teams that took about a year to fix themselves. Well, this guy's took a week. So um I'm not gonna say any names, I'm not gonna call any companies, but you know who you are. Yeah, one one of them's re releasing tomorrow, which is what we're gonna talk about next. Um, what, so the other thing too, that has also come out is, um, the big request for hard maps was actually like kind of one of the most common things that was requested after the first free day, few days, cause you can only get into easy and medium maps. And so like some of the guys that have like progressed the game pretty quick are been like, well, what happens when we want harder content now? We can't get to it. Cause you guys told us there was hard things starting up. Well, they didn't add him back when the servers came back online. Cause they wanted everything to uh, smooth out, which was actually a good idea, I think. And then after, I think it was four days. They added the hard maps back in, which has actually appeased a lot of those players. Now you can build clan areas and like, you know, live in uh, areas where you could actually get like Rupu invasions and you know stuff like that. So it's it's definitely yeah, and like the big sandworm engagements. Too, yeah, right? and the sandworm engagements also come uh, sporadically in the hard event areas, which is also interesting because you have to have like a certain class of walker to get into the hard ones anyway. Like you can get into them, but like to actually survive in those, you have to have like definitely bigger than a dinghy. To like even yeah, like I, survive and do anything in there i think we need like the equivalent of like the frigate or the cruiser class whatever that would be called uh i can't <laughs> remember what it is like... i knew the names the other day and i can't remember off the top of my head because i haven't played in a few days but uh yeah there's like there's a couple of them that are like bigger because it goes up to basically like the third tier and then it kind of fans out a lot then you get like just variations of things so you get like a little bit faster one a little bit heavier tanky one a little bit more mountain climbing one like Walker, you know, they all change a little bit, right? Yeah, and the hook is probably one of the best dynamics in that whole game because it makes you turn it turns your character into Batman. I th- I was thinking like Spider Man, man. I just sit there and be like, oh yeah, here, like let me grapple onto this thing and then just drag myself back up, or even better, I'm falling off a cliff. Let me grapple on something real quick so I don't die, or hopefully like it really don't die. Really did help when we were around that really high level character stealing all the loot from around her. Oh yeah. And it was just like, nope, we gotta go. Zoop, zoop. Did you have you gotten to play much of the Last Oasis since it came back up? I haven't played since uh, we first played. You know the the preview event. Um, yeah. But I, I loved it, and I'm looking forward to jumping back in. There's just you know so many games out right now and coming out. I'm excited for as well. But I'll definitely um, make sure I jump back into Last Oasis. Yeah, we need you in there too, too. Yeah, we need to get everybody in there, like back in there and doing stuff. Um, on the next topic, or part of this topic, I should say, is Fallout 76 Wastelanders is coming out tomorrow, and we know what we've kind of expected from the features they've got, but and we're also getting a Steam launch at the same time, so what's been nice is the people who bought it on the Bethesda launcher are actually getting a free copy of the Steam version. Now, one of the things I was actually talking with Tutu about just before the show is, like, what's going to happen when you get to, you know, like, the Steam edition has these new this new bundle basically that has um basically like these new like what is it called raider bundles i'm trying to remember what the name of it is uh there's the uh the raiders bundle and a settlers bundle oh yeah yeah so the raiders bundle and a settlers bundle they're not sold separately they're only sold with a steam edition to kind of make you feel like you got something for trying to justify another 60 dollar price tag um for a game that's already a year a little over a year old now i think right I want to say it's almost a year old yeah. or over a year old now. Um, um it was last E3 they wasn't Yeah, it? definitely. Yeah, it was last E3. Yeah, so so you get these two uh, packs that come with the Steam version of it, but they don't tell you if the Bethesda people get it. Even the ones who bought like the silly people like me that bought the Power Armor edition <laughs> that got the helmet and all that stuff. Um oh, those those were fun times. I remember, I remember that Discord conversation. I, I the the thing is though, like I think for people who bought those and then they didn't give it to them, that would be kind of another slap in the face. Like it's kind of one of those things that Bethesda somehow seems to keep doing. And I'm hoping tomorrow that it comes with you know the Steam version that they give you and they don't just give you the base version. But I could be wrong. The problem with Bethesda. Bethesda was founded by a bunch of guys who wanted to make their own fancy world in game and they accomplished that with flying colors. They created their own game company. They basically did the image comics thing of video games. 
But the problem is they don't like to outsource the third parties when they try to do everything. They try to do everything in-house, and that's why they keep screwing it up. Yeah. Like, when, when you're doing merchandise, and your main game, and your main thing you do all day is code, you might want to call a merchandising company or somebody that's really experienced in distributing it to take care of that section for you instead of trying to do it all in-house and make a whole new division of your company. Yeah. I also feel like they lost where they came from. Um, exactly. You know, when, they were, when they were doing games like Terminator, for example, the first game that uh, the guy, uh, uh, the big <laughs> one, uh, uh, was working on, Todd Howard, um, they completely were, they were pushing the limits of what that engine could do. They were breaking new ground that had never been seen before, like fully like open interiors and stuff like that. And it was huge. It was groundbreaking. And then, you know, along comes Fallout 1, 2, and 3. We all know that story. But then for some reason, it feels like they've kind of just lost vision on what they were doing from the start. And they've started just pumping out this corporate something or other because shareholders want you know money instead of uh inventions they're not looking for forward progress they're looking for whatever gives them the most money but in that in that hindsight or in, in that oversight they they've created this machine of fallout 76 that continues to trot on and mess up everything that we work on to try and make the gaming community a little better like not having loot boxes and stuff it just trods on it, and I'm I'm really disappointed that they still have it up, let alone are releasing updates for it. Well, the other one is like this kind of the challenge too is like it's not just that, but they go and release that Fallout First thing, which you right. know you you like, would figure that like you would have figured after all of the heat they got, like there was not a single goddamn negative thing about that that update that came. Like there was nothing. There was literally nothing that good that came from that aside of them trying to be like money hungry, and they stuck with it. And even to this day, they still haven't fixed a majority of the big issues with that, which if makes it even. If they don't start serious work on Fallout Five soon, they should just consider selling the IP. It's yeah, already been sold once; it could be sold another time to somebody who would actually respect it. I don't like yeah. yelling at Bethesda, but like God, they they had a, such a good opportunity here with um, the guys who published out uh, Obsidian, was it? Yes, Obsidian. They had such a good opportunity with Obsidian to give it to someone who would treat it with love and kindness. Well, Obsidian and then, are the guys who originally made, or were from the guys who originally made one and two. Right. They they could have done so much better and just let them continue what they were doing, but then they just, I don't know, but so, just kind of lost its magic. So going back on that that Fallout First thing, though, which is kind of another caveat for the Steam version, is that. None of your atoms are being transferred, and none of your Fallout First memberships are being transferred. So, but you can play with each other from Steam or the Bethesda launcher. But if you want to play exclusively on Steam and get rid of having the stupid Bethesda launcher, because I don't know how many other people have bought other games aside of Fallout Seventy Six, because you couldn't buy it on anything else for the longest time. Um, like you're coming over, and if for those people that bought, like you know, I don't know who would have done it to be honest, but bought like multi-month or even a year-long Fallout First you know bundle like those people are getting hosed if they want to play on steam so they're forced to stay on the bethesda launcher if they want to continue their membership or they have to you know write out their membership until they're done and then just you know their their steam copies waiting for them but at the same time like i said like i kind of feel like they're going to screw the people that want to play the you know with the deluxe edition content like me i'm a, I'm a perfectionist i love having the extra dlc for the games that i really enjoy playing and Fallout 76, I have a feeling I might enjoy a lot more now that it's going to have actual like NPCs and more stuff to do in it. But now that you're going to force me to miss out on the content that the, the deluxe edition has or force me to buy that again, like that's just rude, especially after I bought a $200 edition of your game. So <laughs> I'm just kind of like, well, which they still managed to screw up to some degree too, even when they released that one, because like the bag still didn't come till a year after launch. I, I just don't know what they were thinking going into MMOs in general. They should just right. stay to, to action RPGs. Well, I mean, it's not, it's not even really MMO. It's only it's still only limited to like thirty people on the server. Was Skyrim well, not a good well, example of what could could like go horribly wrong? Why? Like, what do you mean? What not right? listen? 
to how buggy it was at launch and like how people have only now started to actually get into it it's 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 not fair that they're trying to follow a model and a standard that's been set by another company but just so poorly and then you know it gets it gives a bad rap to pretty much everyone else who's trying to do this well, that, that's going a little off i think though i mean you got you have like skyrim people enjoyed skyrim a lot when it first came out like including me like i loved it i mean it's it but that was also kind of like the thing that you knew about bethesda about but they were only doing single player games like they always had just buggy single player games and that was always a thing and and it's not necessarily like they were bad game breaking bugs they were mostly graphical bugs or like Skyrim bugs are fun, though. Yeah, yeah, like they're fun. Yeah, like yeah. A, a man yeah, shooting in the air. Even the Fallout or... 3 bugs were fun. Let's be honest. Even the Fallout 3 bugs were fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I started getting ridiculous with 4. Yeah, they got ridiculous with 4, but the ones in 3 were all right. You could have fun with them if you knew what you were doing. Yeah, I mean, it was just kind of the same with Skyrim, too. Four, no. Like they weren't, they weren't necessarily, like, terrible. They were just, like, okay. That's I a thing. I loved always finding secret rooms and subways. That was always fun for me. I just want to add real quick that the prospect of a multiplayer Fallout is really appealing to a lot of people, including myself. And I was one of those that was really excited for uh, Fallout 76. But, you know, of course, with everything that happened and, you know, Fallout first and the bugginess, it was just no, really no NPCs depressing. No NPCs. Start yeah. yeah. I, I can understand the appeal. I can understand the appeal and respect the appeal. You know, it's a really expansive universe that, you know, on paper does look like it would work with multiple people playing as a protagonist, per se. Like, MMOs work. Having multiple protagonists running around. Fallout on paper does look like that, and I agree. It does sound right, but when you start to really think about it, it's about being the lone survivor. <laughs> yeah, and then one of the one of those games I think that's done it really well recently is, like, um, what is it called? Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Like, you have still an expansive, wide, huge, open area, and when you play other with other players, they have their own experience with them. And then you have your own experience with you. Like if they had done basically the same thing as that and added it to Fallout and let players do whatever they want and live in a persistent world if they wanted to be on the same server and all that stuff, for for example, like that would I think would have been a much better experience. Like I always wanted the, the prospect of a, a Fallout uh, multiplayer game, even if it was just with four people. Like I don't even care if it was more than that. No, like just no, I think they, no, I think they should have done... They should have done a split server. They should have done PvP and PvE. You know, they should have just, you know, that old well, toolbox. now they're kind of leaning more on the PvE side because they found out that most of their players do, like, PvE or play PvE. So while there's still, like, kind of a calling for PvP with uh, 76, like, the Wastelanders update coming out tomorrow is mostly PvE, and they're kind of really catering towards that audience. Well, I mean, the game itself, like, if you think about the design on the game itself, it was actually designed to be, like, a role-playing game, essentially. Like, yeah, what this, it, they it really wanted it to be an RP thing. Yeah, it was to tell your own story. Hence why, you know, one of the best things about Fallout was, depending on your decisions, it changed the end story epilogue, which was always fun to see. Hey, if I shoot this guy, is anything going to happen? Oh, snap, he had a whole story arc. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Well, I snuffed him out. I needed those caps. <laughs> Yeah, stuff like that would have been really cool. Like, I could have seen that work, right? But the yeah, way they did some the of it. And the thing is, the shell of what it could have been is all over the game. Like, you know, the audio logs. I remember when I did the free weekend, and I, I actually went and got all the audio logs. I was like, you guys actually had a story here for, for Fallout 5. Why didn't you just do this? Well, hopefully they're doing it now. We'll see tomorrow how the update shapes up. Yeah, I mean, we'll definitely try to get some some uh, gameplay on that and see how it goes. I'm, I mean, I'm excited to see what it it was like. I played a bit of it of uh, Fallout 76, and I liked it for what it could be, but I, it did feel like almost too empty to me. Which is what what was my biggest problem with it. And then hopefully now with like the the NPCs being added back in and and stuff like that, it'll make it a lot easier. Now, thankfully, I didn't get too far. So like, there's the other cave at of um, people getting their camps evicted if. Uh, an NPC faction or something or another has to be placed there on the world, like they're going to get their stuff returned back to them in bulk and they're going to be overloaded and they're going to have to go find a new spot to place their camp in, which will be kind of an interesting thing to, to pull off, I think. But yeah. I don't know. I don't play it. I don't, I don't like it. I'm still disappointed in them for their treatment of the franchise and this the release of um a game that was in concept a good idea but also like 
so just awful. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm I have strong feelings about it. There's there's absolutely nothing that they could do to make up for all the wrongdoings they've done to their consumers, to everybody, all the Fallout fans. But um, there's a lot of people that are looking forward to the future of this game. There's a lot of people that are looking forward to the update tomorrow. And um, for the sake of this game, I really does hope that it has kind of like a Final Fantasy or even No Man's Sky story because like there's the Fallout is cool. There's so much cool about you know the prospect of playing online in Fallout with your friends and whatnot. Um, so, you know, we'll see, hopefully tomorrow looks good, but you know, we'll see. I'm still skeptical myself, but I'm like, I'm looking forward to, it. I'm really, I pre-ordered the game. I never played it before, but when I heard about this update, I saw previews, I was like, okay, this is my chance to give it a try to just jump in and see how it goes. Oh yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at. Like I haven't played it since basically since launch. So I'm, I'm going in with an open mind and seeing what they can change. Like, even if I have to start my character over, I don't even mind at this point. Yeah, I tried the free weekend. I, I just wasn't feeling it. And you can call me one of those nitpicking nerds. I'm really big on lore and canon. And I have no idea what they were doing with that game at all. Well, supposedly I, I, ties in. It's, it's like the early, early, it, it, like way before 3 and 4 I, happened. I know, basically. but they retcon they so much. And there's not enough time in this show for me to go through everything they changed in the lore established through games 1 through 4. It... it, it I don't know. It, it just made the game very jarring and ruined my immersion. And the the choice of engine for the game, I just couldn't get over. Well, it's still it the, it's the Fallout 4 engine, basically. Yeah, it was just no, I can't. <laughs> it's good for it's good for shots, but everything else is nay. So we want to go to our next topic. You good for that? Ready? Uh, sure. Let's yeah. Do it. All right, so upcoming digital presentations. Um, we had a lot of changes this year. E3 uh, got canceled. It was going to go to an online-only digital presentation. And apparently, um, with some of that that's gone on so far, is it's actually good. That has also gotten canceled, according to uh, the folks at e or ESA, I think it's who runs E3. Yeah. So they decided to take cancel their, their 2020 presentation. And... Uh, Somehow in the process, IGN has picked up the slack on this and made their own digital presentation with some pretty heavy hitters in that uh, whole thing. And I think, yeah, Tutu, you have a little bit more information on that, right? Yeah, so of course this comes by way directly of IGN.com. They announced a, uh, a summer of gaming event, a global digital event set to begin this June to bring you the latest news and impressions around upcoming games and the next generation of console hardware. And uh, they collaborated with uh, partners such as 2K Games, Square Enix, Sega, Bandai Namco, Amazon, Google Stadia, Twitter, Devolver Digital, THQ Nordic, and they put much more. So that's quite a hell of a lot. I mean, without like even Microsoft and Sony, I mean, we know Sony's going to do their own state of play thing again. More than likely. Yeah, most likely. And then Microsoft is fully comfortable with doing their own now, it seems like, with their, their own little videos now. But all these other developers that we wanted to see stuff from especially like 2k like what is 2k going to be you know doing what was uh warner brothers you know warner brothers we were going to see something new from warner yeah. brothers which was really interesting to see like i want to see what uh arc is also doing with the new magic the gathering game like i want to see what happens with some of that stuff you know like i think oh, yeah they introduced kaiju that's uh that's gonna be interesting yeah i mean amazon being there with more than likely showing off new world um, at that time, anyway, New World have already been out, I think, by that point. Or yeah, it will be yeah, out. Oh no, actually, no, it's delayed now. Past that. Yeah, it's coming out <laughs> August now. Yeah. But they must have something else up their sleeve too. Well, yeah, I think the last I knew, they were they. I think they had like three games in in development right now. And New World was well, just yeah. being the one that was like closest to being released so far out of the bunch. This is a long time coming because you know gaming news publishers should have taken up this mantle for doing these kind of digital events. You know, a couple of years ago. Oh, absolutely. You know, because IGN and PC Gamer, for that matter, have had, you know, and Eurogamer have had the resources to basically just do their own digital E3s at least since 2015. And I'm, it's really unfortunate it took a global issue to get them moving on it. But I'm really happy this is happening because it's more direct and less fluff. Well, I mean, you gotta yeah. think, think too. Even on the on the fact of PC Gamer, they do the PC gaming show for all the indie developers every year at E3. I'm like, for them, this is like a walk in the park, essentially. 
And with E3 being canceled this year, like this is going to be a huge blow to them. Um, it's it's crazy. I, I really do imagine that. I, c- I can't see them going past 2021. They set a date for 2021. Um, so they'll definitely be back. But um, I feel like that'll most likely be like their last year. Yeah, to me, E3 is just like a trade fair that charges too much for booth prices for what you get out of it. So Yeah. And a lot of these companies are going to start to realize like the benefits of putting on their own events, their own digital events, their own festivals, and how much money they can save by not, you know, don't go on the E3 route. And how much and that's more money they can put into development, yeah. not do all this crazy crap. And how much advertising budgets actually reduce when you actually do streaming and podcasts like Yeah, I like, mean you you go and pay like basically a designer or a producer of all these things, like the digital layout of it. You have a couple of graphic designers and uh editors, you know, help you make the whole thing and bam, like you've already cut down just the cost of the booth probably alone. Yeah, like uh we just talked about Last Oasis. Donkey Crew made their own YouTube channel to promote their game and they did a brilliant job with it. They all they do is curate a Discord and a YouTube channel. It saves so much money compared to traditional like cost of paying to get entry into all these awards and events. Oh yeah, I, I imagine there's going to be a lot of cool stuff that's going to come. Now the next so one. Too... Imagine what the price tag is to get Jeff Keeley to get a shot out. You know what I'm saying? Well, I don't. I mean, he's he's kind of done with them, right? But that, that's also kind of yeah, brings us to our next part of it. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I'm just wondering what, you know, you probably got a little something on top. You probably got like a $25,000 commission for every, like, shout-out. Let's be real. So to uh, to transition, uh, Jeff Keighley has been doing these, like, Steam game festivals. Uh, he did one during um, the Game Awards and also, I want to say, when GDC was supposed to happen. And now, of course, he's doing one, like, during E3 time. So uh, he announced today that uh, the Steam game Festival Summer Edition is the first preview of what's coming together. Uh, festival expand to more platforms, but it's coming to Steam first. And um, yeah, this is really exciting. I know the past couple of like game festivals that he's held had they've been like mostly indie games. So I'm really hoping that these are like uh, demos that we should have gotten or could have gotten at E3 for this uh, event right here. Oh, absolutely. That's really my hope is with with that. Like, because the the first sorry. The, but, uh, oh, no, 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 go this last one actually ended up turned out really, really good, I think, because you got to try a lot of games that you wouldn't have normally tried like right away or you would have been able, yeah, you wouldn't have gotten a demo of otherwise. So this was and kind of a, like a good trade off. That's another thing I, I'm really excited about in a post E3 kind of gaming world is what's actually going to rise to the top that didn't pay to get front bill on E3 now. Like what's going to actually rise by its own merits as a game. And that's kind of like stands to be true, right? Like, especially how, um, I mean, just like look at gaming. I mean, it's going to be one of our next topics too, but just think that how much gaming is doing right now in this whole uh, thing that's going on right now, like gaming's up a lot. Like, I think it was something like 70% up since, uh, since everything started last month. So it's oh, been crazy. News articles complaining about us all playing video games and smoking and playing Call of Duty and hey, drinking. Hey, like- hey. Don't be calling us out like that. I know you and I are doing myself, the same hey, goddamn thing. Myself. I'm calling myself out. Okay. I was oh. going to say, because I was like, I know you and I have been doing the same thing. <laughs> so don't be trying to call me out for something that you're doing. Okay, okay. <laughs> Anyways. You're just doing it with a better metabolism than me. Shut up. This is true. This is true. Love you, Hendo. <laughs> Love you, too. So, uh, you can go ahead and on the next part, too, for this. Um, so yeah, just the last point in lieu of all this digital news, uh, Microsoft announced last week that they're uh, going fully digital until July 2021, which is uh, really, really crazy, but also like a smart move to kind of uh, you know get ahead of all this craziness that's going on right now. So, so note the date of that whole thing. What does that mean? Like, what do you, what do you, what do you think that guy's, what, are that, what does that mean to you with that date? Of July of 2021. Um, I I feel like they're going to re- reassess a lot of things, and uh, you know, Microsoft definitely like PlayStation, like Nintendo. They have the power, they have the resources, the money to put on their own kind of events and whatnot. I feel like they'll definitely have their own in-person event, like after July. Um, 
but it's just crazy thinking about like damn like digital only until july 2021 no no just think of what that the immediate implications of that date means it means they're skipping e3 right away on 2021 oh i didn't even think yeah <laughs> come on man damn you're yeah. right i didn't even think of that <laughs> yeah, so it means I, I, basically right off the bat, they're like, all right, you canceled on us this year. Wow. We're canceling on you know. next year, too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I didn't come. That's great. Yeah, but definitely. I mean, that's still kind of the same aspect. Like, they're going to, they definitely know that they can do their own things. I mean, Nintendo's already been doing it, and they just add E3 on to that. You know, it's like, and even even then, Nintendo's E3 presentations haven't been anything we have, we don't already know. Basically, they leave well, one but, surprise or two surprises here and there. Nintendo still, they still like, um, you know, they still have a booth at the actual uh, E3 events. Like Microsoft, I know now they do their thing around E3, but they've even moved like outside of the uh, the E3 hall to like the uh, Microsoft studio that's nearby. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's just the same thing. Like, I, I'm super curious to see what happens now with uh, if if Microsoft is leaving that big of a hole preemptively for next year like what else is everybody going to do after everything calms back down and goes to normal right like you don't i don't see a lot of these companies doing it just to be just on the fear of trying to stay safe too you know even after everything blows over yeah definitely like who knows at that point right microsoft was really strategic now they (laughs) they set the date for july that's crazy yeah because i mean most of the time e3 is almost never in july it's always in the middle of june somewhere somewhere in the middle of june I think what's going to happen is a lot of the smaller conventions that started up in recent years are going to start getting more promotion. Well, because yeah, it seems to be the old guard of the convention scene that's going down with this hard. You know, um, I forget who it was um, out in Texas, but then they have like a big controversy. One of the big game- games cons out there. I don't think so. I mean, I, PAX, I know, is taking over a lot of it just because of how much more press yeah, happening yeah. in different areas, too. And it's not just mainstream press. It's everything press. So real I think quick. E3 announced that their dates for 2021 is June 15th through the 17th. So, yeah. <laughs> they are definitely skipping it right off the bat. Yeah. Like, they're like, not waiting, fucking with that. July, after July 2021, at least till then. That means they're skipping everything next year, basically. Yep. Because they didn't do, I don't, they don't do PAXs or anything like that. They, well, actually, no, they take that back. They do. They do do the PAXs. They usually do like a booth with of the games that are currently out or one or two games that are previewing, but that's usually it. Um, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see what they do with that. Um, I don't know if they're going to come out the PAX East in Boston because, you know, that kind of bridge got burnt this past year. What, with Sony? Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, who knows with that one? Yeah, the, the mayor of Boston wrote them a letter. Oh, yeah. And it was very, very ignorant. And I don't think it's going to fly very well with the corporate board of Sony that it was addressed to. No, 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 I don't think so. Um, let's go on to the, our, our big state of gaming. Oh, not, not the right. Uh, go ahead and take it off to So of course we know everything going on with the current pandemic. Uh, gaming is in a really interesting time right now. Um, so, uh, we started off with, uh, the Streamlabs quarter one report. And this goes all the way through March uh, 2020. And we'll see, of course, like March has like a huge uptick with like people just watching streams, people streaming and uh, things like that. I kind of like deep diving a little bit into these in these um, topics. I don't know if you're talking to too. Sorry about that. Oh, no, no. Um, We saw like a lot of big stuff uh, quarter over quarter. Basically, like from this time last year to now, like a lot of these uh, groups have taken into a difference. And actually, like with the help of OP Group, which is actually a um, talent management group for like specifically streamers and gamers and stuff like that, they pointed out some really interesting stuff, which I didn't really notice before. So the total hours watched in in Q1 was 22% for YouTube, 11% for Facebook, 2% for Mixer, with 65% with Twitch, right? But now take change that up and now you go to the total hour streamed from these platforms it's twitch 72 percent youtube gaming live eight percent facebook three percent and mixer 17 percent 
Now, like just off. That's crazy. Now, now thinking of just those two stats in contrast to each other, you know, Twitch is definitely streaming more than they've got wa- viewing, right? Like people watching this. But then you go into YouTube, only eight percent of that is being streamed, while twenty-two percent of that is being watched, which means there's a huge market for people to still watch stuff in YouTube. Now you go in the same thing for Facebook, same thing, three percent. Uh, total streamed, 11% watch. Now, now here's where the, the flip happens. Mixer, 17% streamed, but 2% watched, which means there's more streams than viewers in this case. So what, tells, what does that tell you about the platform as itself as, as Mixer? Now, now, don't get me wrong. At one point in time, we even had our original, our old show, Insider Talk Show on there, and we actually did some streaming on Mixer and stuff just to give it a shot, but... It doesn't seem like it's a good place to stream right now. Well, also, yeah. YouTube has been beefing up their, their streaming platform in general. They've had a more robust infrastructure in certain areas while they've been lacking on other areas of their site, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, but when it comes to, like, their gaming, like, uh, I won't mention their names because I don't want to promote them, but there were controversial figures that were booted off Twitch or people that voluntarily left them over to YouTube. And while they're still doing the same antics, they were able to actually have their channel designated in a way that it was very blatant what they were doing before you even watched any of their streams. Yeah. You know, which is what a lot of people were demanding from Twitch. They're like, we don't care if whoever is showing a little bit of whatever, as long as it's very clear that this is not for X, Y, and Z demographics on, you know, on the, on the label. That's all we care about. Yeah, now, now talking in terms of TOS, yeah, like Mixer definitely has like their stuff together when it comes to that. But it's also, I think, why a lot of viewers and stuff like that, like especially the ones that are even semi-toxic, aren't on that platform and watching because they can't get away with the same things. Like yeah. they could go on Twitch and, you know, still get away with whatever and it still kind of edges by things. Whereas Mixer is like, nah, man, that's not cool. Like, so it's right here. It's in our TOS. And, you can't do that. YouTube is nobody's friend for the most part. So it's just like you mess up there, you're done. Oh yeah, I mean, like there, there was even the the thing with like Markiplier, like he's like, yeah, spam your emotes, and we're gonna you know vote for this thing, and he got a bunch of people perma banned, like from their like global banned on their account, which was a whole another controversy. Talk about it, another game, but that happened, which is also kind of like a deterrent to some degree for people watching on YouTube. But statistics wise, it's better on you know YouTube game, not better, but there's more an abundance of viewers on YouTube gaming. There's a, I think it's there's a consistency that attracts more people. Not oh, yeah. necessarily that they like what's going on, but it's a consistent policies that are enforced and stuff like that. Yeah, like I kind of wish, like now going on just a YouTube topic alone, I kind of wish they hadn't killed this separate YouTube gaming like uh, web page. I just think it was too ahead of its time. Yeah, at it the time. was. I pref- I did like it myself too. It was, I, it was really nice having like two separate YouTubes, one for just gaming content and one for every crazy thing else they have on there well yeah i mean it made it easier to find stuff like separately right like you still you still you know communicated you still chatted you still did your subs and you know whatever uh the same way there it was just a separate site that was much easier to use i think than the current youtube gaming thing like they kind of made it just like youtube basically i mean it's it's basic youtube but it's just and they were per- it was perfectly linked back to regular YouTube too, so you could easily swap between the two. You didn't have to set up a new account. I thought it was very smooth and well executed. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. So it it was it was definitely good for its time. It was I think ahead of its time. Now to some degree, I kind of wish they would bring that back to some degree. Like yeah, even I think if, if they brought it back today, it would do quite well. Because like if you go to like you know, I think it's gaming.youtube.com. Um, it just goes to, it just goes to basically a YouTube page that does do gaming, but it's like, it's essentially the same YouTube. You can't, but it's harder to tell what's live and what's not. Yeah. Aside of going saying top live games, which there's really random top live games. Like that category is really weird. I also uh, like the way they curated it too. Like the recommend, the recommendation page worked way better on YouTube gaming than regular YouTube. Oh, like absolutely. I actually like knew what it was do- like you look up at Eve online they gave you like all the best like ever Eve online related content you go look up some doom stuff it like next time you log in your recommended is just full of everything related it was like oh it's like an algorithm that works it's crazy well and that's what that's what YouTube's known for right it's their algorithm 
Like they're super good at those algorithms. Yeah, they're horrible at their trending page, but they're great at their algorithms. <laughs> Yeah, um, if you guys want to dive dive into that, I posted the link in chat. Definitely check that out if you're in, in this, like, stats and metrics and kind of understanding what's going on in the whole industry. Like, it's definitely a good piece of information. Um, I hope uh, Stream Elements also comes out with theirs, theirs, theirs soon, but they're usually later than Streamlabs, so we'll usually see them within a few weeks of each other. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to that, too, because they get their stuff from Arsenal GG, which is a little bit different of data. Um, I'm curious to see how that all pulls pulls together afterwards. Uh, but continuing on this topic, uh, a lot of the AAA titles uh, we've been starting to see now are starting to be affected by uh, everything that's going on right now. And we've gotten delays, cancellations. We've gotten a few pushes on uh, certain titles. We've got some that are almost indefinitely canceled to some degree, question mark. Um, let's like kind of talk about some of those. Uh, first off, like New World. Uh, New World also got delayed. Uh, this year, I just realized there was a typo on that topic. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, New World got yeah, delayed. It's getting, getting pushed to August now. Uh, we've got Last of Us Part 2, which has been in, quote-unquote indefinitely delayed without a new clear and respected date, which I thought was kind of weird considering they said the game was basically done. Well, yeah, it's, it's done, but, you know, it's such a huge game to where they probably don't make or they won't make as much money if they go digital only so it makes sense for them to kind of wait until this stuff dies down to you know ramp it back up and have like a big launch where people can get their physical copies as well or either that or they're nowhere near done with post-production of the game which could be a possibility too right because you know it wouldn't be the first time a company released the game a little six months early into its post-production and just patched it a few months later. Like, oh yeah, that was just a small glitch we didn't catch. Well, the game was initially launched uh, or scheduled to launch like uh, in in around Valentine's Day. I remember in early February, and they delayed it to to May for you know polish and this and that. So I do believe the game was almost done, and I think of course just everything that's happening kind of messed things up for them. You know, this is like one of the biggest games releasing of all time, and. Um, to go digital only, just to me, it like I understand them. It just doesn't make sense for this type of game. Well, it's just for the people that like to like they'll play it and then they'll trade it in and all that, you know. Like, but it, who knows how that'll change if GameStop, you know, GameStop doesn't survive everything that goes on, you know. Like, I'm I'm gonna be shocked if they do. To be honest. Yeah, there's like, several industries I'm looking at right now that are pretty much screwed. Like Best Buy's done, comic book shops are basically done. We're definitely headed to like a digital only future, but you know, it's just, it's not there yet. And like a lot of these smaller games and these indie games and online only games are definitely going to thrive during a time like this. But you know, you have to look at Sony, you have to look at the last of us, you know, and even their other games, even like Iron Man VR or Ghost of Tsushima, like, you know, these are big budget AAA titles and you know, they kind of deserve to have a bigger platform than just digital. You know, at least for right now during this time. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's definitely gonna be different. Like like New World got a pretty good push, but that was also I think they were also thinking about doing that already as it was because I don't think they were just ready for it yet. And well, I don't also, think New World. I don't think New World's planning on doing hard copies anyways. Oh no, nah, yeah, it's no, no. Yeah, Amazon was gonna do that pure streaming. Well, I mean, yeah, so it's and it's still gonna be their very first title launch, right? Like just as a solo studio. So it's going to be there. A lot's going to be writing on it, essentially. I think. Well, like, I'm. Well, I'm know of Amazon launching their own streaming platform for gaming. I'm not too concerned when it comes to them because they've had years of practice with Prime, and they did have gaming on Prime for a while that I used to play with on my Kindle Fire Stick, and they did play with a lot of stuff. So I feel like they've prepared themselves for uh, launching I, a game stream. So those platform. quite don't count. They're, they were just Android apps. <laughs> Yeah, I know they don't really count as in like actual games, but I'm talking about with the infrastructure of a streaming service instead of starting it from the get go. Like, well, I mean, played with Prime Video and stuff. There's a lot of stuff that does cross over digitally in those. They're they're not even doing their own platform though. It's all being released on Steam. I mean, they're what we're talking about. Oh, I thought they were doing like their own like servers and stuff though. No, well, they're doing their own servers. Yeah, but they're but they're. they're, yeah, they're launching everything on Steam, and it's so yeah, like their their backend servers. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. I, f- I figured they would use Steam as a storefront. I didn't think Amazon would be crazy enough to actually do like Prime Games or something, the launcher. Oh, okay. It was just unclear what you <laughs> said. Yeah, sure. Sorry, my bad. My, I'm, I'm drinking a little bit. I'm sorry. Uh, Iron Man VR for uh, PlayStation was also delayed. I don't remember how long that delay was for it. It's, it's indefinitely as well. I think all of PlayStation's games are indefinitely. The only one that we that's still scheduled to release is Ghost of Tsushima. That comes out, I believe, in June. So I feel like that's definitely going to get delayed as well. That might. Yeah, they haven't talked about that one yet. Wasteland 3 also got delayed. That one, I think, is till December now? September or December? Uh, August. Oh, August. August. And then the uh, the Final Fantasy uh, 14. Or is it 15? 14. That, that, yeah, <laughs> they're 14. Up. Their latest update got delayed, and I, that one, I don't know how long that one was delayed for. How dare you forget about Final Fantasy XIV's proper name? You trying to get us killed? I, I believe that's... I don't know, it's XIV. Have you, de- have you dealt with that fan base? I have. They're crazy as hell. I think that's uh, kind of indefinitely, too. They don't have, like, a date on that, but, you know, just as soon as they can pump it. Um, but also like we're seeing like, uh, even, you know, um, wasteland, uh, fallout 76 wastelanders was supposed to come out last week. It got delayed to this week and that's not much, but we're seeing that a lot. Like games are getting delayed even like weeks or months, like Minecraft, uh, dungeons was supposed to come out this month, got delayed to next month. And, um, you know, we're starting to see a lot of that. And it kind of brings the question like, like was final fantasy. Oh, sorry. I dropped for a second for me. Sorry. Final I, was, Fantasy, what? I was I was saying that it kind of like like was Final Fantasy 7 like the last big AAA game to be released this year? Yeah. I'd be kind of yeah. curious to see like I mean well, hey, there's a lot of stuff. I mean the even most of the stuff that's been coming out now has just been updates to everything, right? Like there's not yeah. a true yeah, true. like AAA title that's come out so far. I, I give it mm-hmm. probably about two or three months, and the gaming industry is going to a, adjust to working at home for most of their programmers, and these release dates are going, you know, starting to brighten up a little bit. Yeah, like I, 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 I know CD Projekt Red, they're sticking to the September date for um, Cyberpunk, but you know, who's who knows? We'll see. Well, yeah, because a lot of those guys work out of their apartments anyways. At CD Projekt Red, so they're probably like. Psh. I just gotta work But even that. even Cyberpunk, I kind of look at it like similar to The Last of Us, where I mean they can release all digitally, but you know that's such a huge game at this point. The Witcher was so huge. Cyberpunk is going to be so huge. Where I feel like they would be at a loss if they weren't to put out you know um, physical copies of the. Well, I think they will be able to put out physical copies because I think the issue is with our thinking right now is. We're thinking that if it's not on a store shelf, they're not going to push physical copies. I, they can still sell physical copies, you know, via an Amazon storefront, via numerous storefronts, and, you know, have them delivered to people's house. Because, you know, this thing isn't stopping deliveries. That's for, you know, damn sure. We all I, can see in the Amazon and FedEx trucks everywhere. True. But, I mean, you do have your people that will walk into a store, you know, they'll bring little uh, Timmy johnny <laughs> along with them and then they'll see the box art they'll be like oh cool like i want to get this and whatnot and you don't really have that ass and bring back video game commercials that's what we when was the last time you saw a video game commercial on cable tv <laughs> exactly I think... exactly I they're saw... coming back they're coming back i give okay. it a month you're gonna be seeing doom commercials like crazy I saw some Doom commercials. I think these are yep, two different scenarios, be- though, overall. Like, between Last of Us and Cyberpunk, like, Cyberpunk's releasing on all platforms, whereas Last of Us is only on PlayStation. I think PlayStation heavily relies on the disc base still because their storage isn't quite up to snuff, whereas, like, Cyberpunk, yes, it's releasing on consoles, too, but their main player base isn't going to be on consoles, I don't think. I think it's going to be on D, to be honest. And, and almost everybody I know, even kids, buy most of their stuff digital. They just, like... Mom, I found something on the Xbox store. Can I can I get it? Like my nephews do that all the time. I rarely see I mean, people go in the stores. Like they still happen. It's just I think the majority of kids are now pretty hip to the digital stores, unlike we weren't. Well, yeah, digital is definitely on the rise, and I think especially that could be a credit to Fortnite, of course. But you know, physical media still is important, and it still plays a big part in gaming today. I'm just saying, I think if they're worried about like hinging their physical copy bets 
and thinking that they're not going to push any physical copies because, you know, people can't pile in the Walmart video game section anymore. I don't think that's really, I think it's a, um, I don't want to say narcissistic. I just think it's an overreaction on their part. Maybe. I think they can still push the physical copies through numerous digital storefronts and online storefronts because people, like, I, I, got, I deal with kids a lot and almost all of them don't even go into GameStop. They know so they know more about the PS state the PlayStation store than I knew growing up with it. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's it's definitely changing like how that's all like showing up and coming out to be I definitely and, you agree know, there. More, and we all know, we've all know that more and more parents are just like, you know what? This is my pin. You get one use and they'll just like call their <laughs> bank or use the app to change their pin the next day so they don't get charged five hundred thousand dollars worth of V Bucks. Oh yeah. Um, you know, yeah, when we had the black hole incident, look at how many parents were mad because of all the digital money they spent on that game for their kids. Oh, I mean, oh, it, yeah. it could be worse. It could be like, <laughs> what is it, like Farmville and stuff like that, where kids were going and buying like hundreds of dollars all of a sudden. Their parents got the yeah, credit card bill, and they're like, what the hell is this? Yeah, I think some kid put his grandma like a hundred grand in debt over Farmville, dude. It was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. Another kind of interesting thing that going back on kind of like the, the streaming craziness and how much uh, twitch viewership and like streaming viewership and as a whole is up right now but uh valorant started its uh closed beta uh it definitely started is doing drops with i think most of the top tier streamers i think essentially right now but it actually peaked at 1.8 million viewers which is the highest twitch has ever had in a single category ever like most of the time they'll reach a couple hundred thousand six seven hundred thousand maybe they've never reached a million over well they've reached a million i think once or twice but with smaller stuff, but consistently hitting a million since over a million, actually a million plus. It's been like 1.5 million almost every day since that game, that closed beta launched, and that's also been kind of like a crazy thing. Now, like thinking of Valorant on how Riot, this is Riot's first game after uh, League of Legends. You know, like the first, like uh, going to be their first official game after League of Legends. Um, now that like we, me and Tutu actually just played it, played it just before the show today. Like Tutu, how do you think that's shaping up to be like? their next game basically after league of legends man i i think it's so smart and you're talking about like how uh valorant got like a mil- you said a million or 1.8 million you say 1.8 million views and uh, i think like one of the only other games to beat that of course is uh, like league or not beat it but to get a million is league of legends so i think that just really speaks to the power of like riot as a company and like their uh longevity in this industry um and it's it's i think it's 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 really good it's really crazy of course because you know of course people are trying to watch these streams to get beta access and whatnot even see you know some streamers lying about drops and whatnot but um it's it's crazy how you know their games can kind of bring people together like this and have this like demand oh yeah i mean like even then, like, think about it. Like, Valorant's not necessarily coming out with a new thing. It's kind of like a hybrid between two existing, like, behemoths in the industry. One of them coming from yeah. Valve being, you know, Counter-Strike Global Offensive. And then you've got Overwatch, and it's literally mixing some of the best features of those two into one to challenge them both at the same time, which is kind of something different. I mean, and especially, like, a AAA company doing that, like, blatantly is kind of interesting, I think. Like, it's, it's definitely gonna, like, you know, ruffle some feathers in the long run. Especially considering that they're they do their own in-game shop, they're not selling skins just like you know CS:GO and stuff is, which is one of their big selling points. Um, and they're not just sticking to like so you know it's it's hero-based shooting, but the abilities help, but they're not the the purpose of the game. I spe- I think now you could probably say more to that uh, than you did before, but it's it's interesting. It doesn't base entirely on the on the abilities. Abilities only help you a little bit. They're not like it's not like Overwatch where you base everything you're doing on your abilities. Yeah. Like, when we were playing, I had trouble, like, trying to figure out, like, when to use them. Because I'm like, when do I need to use this? Because I'm just, you know, one shot, two shot everybody. <laughs> well, yeah. And on top of that, I mean, like, you had to buy some of them, too. Like, not all your abilities came with you. Yeah. You had to actually purchase them for, you know, one or 200 credits or whatever each. And they were one-time uses or limited-time uses, you know? So they were they were super different. Like... Like I said, it's it's basic because it doesn't make you hinder on the fact that you have them or not. 
you can still go through completely not even use them and just be like, I'm going to shoot you in the face. You know, it's just kind of different in that regard. Definitely. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited for just the future of Valorant and Riot. And I can't wait to see like their other games that they're bringing out soon. Oh, I take it back. This is the third game that they're launching. Legends of Runeterra is also is already out too. Oh, yeah. Well, it's in closed beta as well. But think of that, right? Going from one game last year to three games this year. That's pretty yeah, crazy. They they are really going to dominate like just gaming and esports because you know they have League now. They got Valorant, and soon after they're coming out with a fighting game. So that's going to be big for like all the fighting tournaments. And then they're even doing like uh, their own kind of single player story experience, doing like a, a Diablo type of uh, ARPG game. Like they're they're crazy. They're all over the place. And oh, yeah. I, I do like wholeheartedly believe that all of those games will be super good, if not great. And it's funny because uh, like thinking back on their other game now, I think Valorant is going to be a success. I think overall, even after the uh, you know the drops and all that stuff is is a thing. Definitely, yeah. Um, League of Legends is definitely going to do good. The only one that leaves me to question, at least currently, is Legends of Runeterra. I don't think that one's yeah. going to last. Just because, like, I, Magic the Gathering's now got a digital format, and it's so much better than everything else. Like, Magic's been around for 25 years, 26 years now. Like, they're definitely a staple in terms of card games, and the only thing that ever even stands close to it was Hearthstone. And I, I think even then, like, those two corner the market so well, I don't think that any card game is going to last beyond that. That's just my yeah. I, I feel like getting into that CCG territory, especially nowadays, is going to be really tough for many developers and companies. Well, I mean, there's only so much you can do that like those other games don't already do, which is the challenge, right? Like, you, how are you going to differentiate? Like, you could do that in a shooter, no problem. You could you know mix and mash cultures and do all kinds of stuff because there's a wide wider variety of stuff in shooters, right? But when it comes down to yeah. card games, like. Between Hearthstone and Magic the Gathering, they literally do everything you could possibly think of in terms of cards and abilities and things you can do and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, yep. Like, yep. I mean, look, we looked at Artifact. I mean, we talked about Artifact a few shows back. Like, it, it failed. It flopped within the first month. And then Legends of Terra, it was the same thing. Like, when it was doing drops and trying to get access and all that stuff, it was doing good. As soon as that dropped off, now it's not doing good in terms of viewership or player base because it's just not, it's not too much to do. I think the problem is with the CCGs is that they're trying to do a direct translation of TCGs, how they work in the real world. It's like if you took a tabletop war game and instead of turning it into an RTS, you tried making it a tabletop war game just on a PC. You know, it, it just doesn't wash and there's only so much you can do with that. Yeah. You know, like I think because TCGs are already a pretty, you know, they're already the video games of cards. So I just, you know, I agree with, with Shift. It's kind of a dead-end development area. Well, it just, it just can't last. It's not going to be the same thing. And then you can't actually trade cards just because of farmers and stuff like that. So, like, exactly. it blocks, like, one of the core elements from you right off the bat. Exactly. The collectability of cards and, you know, being that guy that got that card or, you know, winning cards, I don't know. I don't know about you guys. I used to play Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh, and Pokemon back in the day, and I used to play for keeps. I was kind of a jerk. My, <laughs> friends, were bigger, my friends were bigger jerks, so it kind of worked out, relatively speaking. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's kind of the same thing, though. Like I don't like that was a, that was what um, Valve tried to do with Artifact and trading the cards and selling them and all that stuff, and that that backfired on. That's actually what backfired on them the most, I think, uh, for Artifact. So that's like Artifact's going this whole. You know, going through this whole brand new redesign of you know revamping the game and doing all this other stuff, and I still don't think it's going to last, to be honest. But um, yeah, we're running out of time. Uh, is there any last last thoughts on uh, the topics for today, guys? I'm set. I'm enjoying myself with what's going on right now. Um, I personally don't stick my head in a lot of the communities that were mentioned this episode, so I don't really see everything that's going on. Um, I don't know. I think everything's good um, on my end. What about you guys? Uh, really interesting time. I feel like uh, during this time, we're going to see like a lot of... Uh, I think we briefly talked about it, but of course, we're going to see like a lot of indies and online only games starting to take over 
Oh, right. one last note, anecdotal though, that I've noticed. Um, I mess around with 3D printing and I've noticed that a lot of smaller websites have been having server issues. So just going forward, I am having a little sideways glance at online only gaming because smaller servers are already starting to get stressed with the current issues. Oh, yeah. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, I, Internet as a whole is yeah, going to stress. Yeah, because I was just downloading some STL files. I got through a Kickstarter last night and the guy's website kept crashing because, you know, server technicians have gone from 15 minute response times to 24 hour response times. So, yeah. Everybody playing MMOs and online-only gamings, I'm just saying, clinch that hole and prepare for something, but be hopeful. Oh, yeah. I think that's cool. it for me. That's it for me. Alrighty. Thank you all so much, guys and gals, for joining us this week's episode of Cartridge to Cloud. Check out all the other gaming shows, our game-related talk shows here on INN, uh, The Meta Show, Push to talk, open comms, and also us here at Cartridge to Cloud. Thank you all so much for joining us this week, and we will see you all next time. Have a good one. Be safe.